If I was your age, how would you eat a lot? How would you just chew you alive? I would just, just destroy you. Wow. Vicious. Okay, you should, you're lucky enough that I don't do anything to you because, you know, you're not my son, technically. I mean, I can see that you're my son. Okay. But if you were my son and I see you playing the way you play, I would kill you. Wow. <laughs> Guys, why don't we, why don't we uh, get into the podcast on yeah. that note? Because uh, let's I talk feel about, like there is going to be a lot of Let's talk about anger. the real stuff. We're going to talk about a lot of things. Uh, first of all, it's nice to have all of us back because we haven't all been at the table together in, in quite some time. Uh, the Serie A is just the craziest league in the world. We obviously, we had, uh, we had weekend matches that we all watched, and then we had yesterday's uh, Wednesday matches with three results that I don't think anyone in the world could have predicted those three all together, especially in the manner in which they, they came about. And we just had Roma that finished their match against Leicester, so we got a lot of topics to talk about. But this league is like the, the league that, that uh, nobody wants to win. Inter had this opportunity where we've had an asterisk on Inter for a long time because they had a game in hand. They had this match against Bologna, which they tried to fight in court for some, quite some time. They weren't able to, to win it in that way. And then the game ended in the worst way possible for, uh, for you guys. How did you feel about, uh, about how, how you, were, you lost this game against Bologna? I mean, the way that we lost it is, is the worst feeling possibly like we interrupt this podcast because if we have a word from our premium sponsors of IFTV the reason why we can do this for such a long time they're sponsoring for the entire year the entire season Paramount Plus is your home to watch Serie A in the United States you get Champions League Europa League everything Conference League Copa Italia what what makes me very happy Mike and we mentioned this before we have pre-match halftime and post-match coverage that is constantly on. Uh, we've got me, we've got Mike Grella, Bonetti, Dre Cordero, Papi, sometimes even Bobo Vieri, who was on live Incredible. from the San Siro. We even had somebody from Venice who was on a boat traveling, showing us and documenting the beauty of Italy. Because if there's one thing I know, is that Italy is the most beautiful country in the world. It seems like Paramount Plus agrees because they want to show that, they want to broadcast that. Guys, the link in the top of our description. Check it out, guys. Is Paramount Plus com slash IFTV. I think you still get a free month if you go right now. Don't even wait till tomorrow. Make sure you subscribe. I think my dad told me that dude, if you subscribe for 12 months, it's you under get it even five, cheaper. Yeah, under it's $5. Dude. This is the, probably the best investment I've made for cultural because there's just so many competitions that you can get. Uh, getting Paramount, it pretty much quenches my thirst of uh, cultural. How are you not going to watch the European games? You're not going uh, how are you not going to watch Serie? How are you not going to watch a Supercopa, the, the incredible Supercopa? Even if you like culture, but you also like shows, you like movies. They have amazing movies, new movies, new shows. They have a lot of stuff going on. And of course, 2022 is going to be an even bigger year for Paramount. They're doing a lot more stuff and they're just so ingrained I th- I think in this culture and it's only going to get better from here. The one theme that we have during this entire podcast as we were mentioning before is that don't judge where we are right now, right? We said the coaches, like, you know, they need time. Slowly but surely things with with Paramount, the coverage is going to get bigger. It's going to get better. Better, 2022, the ideas and the the things that they want to do going to Serie A and and building around the coverage is even bigger and better. So look at the roots. They're healthy. They're they're thriving. And and I think that we're going to get to a really awesome place. But it's all thanks to Paramount+. Plus. Uh, we appreciate them for sponsoring IFTV. Guys, if you enjoy our show, it's all thanks to them. It's thanks to them that we're able to put this on. So help support them. Link in the top of our description. Go get it. And back to the podcast. You're throwing a throw-in that should be cleared 99% of the times, 9 out of 10. 
and uh, Radu completely misses the ball and 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 Bologna able to score. But I mean, even from the beginning, the the way that the game started looked like Inter were on the money. I think Perisic's goal was a was a work of art and merit to him for having a spectacular season. Uh, it looked like Inter were turning and and the game was gonna maybe end two three. Nothing, I, I would say, because Bologna for the first 25 minutes did absolutely nothing. Um, but then, listen, you miss your chances. You don't take advantage and, and you don't score that second goal to punish a team. Things can change very, very quickly. And that's what happened with uh, Bologna with their first shot on goal. Arnatovic was able to to score a great header. Uh, Di Marco should have done a lot better there where he, he you know, he lost, I guess, the man or just kind of ducked down instead of trying to challenge, even being able to push him off a little bit makes it a little bit harder to, to put a perfect header down. Um, and then towards the second half, you saw the Inter team kind of struggling. I knew it was going to be a tough match. Um, and uh, we just weren't able to f- put that second goal in. I was a little disappointed with the substitutions, I have to admit. I understand you wanted to put a more attacking presence on the on the field when he put in both Alexis Sanchez and Zeko. But I feel uh, that taking off Barella so early on really influenced this match because he was the only guy that was able to get that ball and bring that ball up. I, and I thought he was having a good match um, for the most part. So who's the blame now? No, no, no I'm just saying, hold on. Uh, so, like, Zeko literally maybe touched two, three balls, didn't do enough. Alexis Sanchez came in was wasn't uh, that spark. And then even when, when Chanonoglu gets that yellow card, it's like we know already, like what Gaetano said, like anytime a player has a yellow card, Barella, Chanonoglu, he takes them off immediately. He doesn't want to risk going down to 10 men. But then at that point, in the last 10 minutes of a match that you want to win, you have Gagliardini in the midfield. I'm sorry. Chanonoglu is going to miss this game coming up. Let him finish off this game. Even if he has a yellow, he'll be smart enough to not risk. How many times do you see players with a yellow that don't get a red card? So I was a little disappointed in some of the subs. Granted, the way that they lost, you know, nothing anybody can really do. It happens um, to the best. I mean, Buffon, we've seen numerous times that you, you mm. let in a goal in like that, even recently with Parma. Mm. Um, Donnarumma, nice. we just saw Meret, right, uh, nice. this past weekend. So I feel bad for the kid, Radu. Uh, his first game that they had to play, he didn't know until like a, an hour, two hours before the match, and uh, definitely a difficult one. You saw him uh, leave the pitch, uh, you know, uh, fully to blame, and he felt the responsibility. One thing, one thing that I did like were the, were the Inter players blocking the the video cameras. Dumfries, I think yeah. that shows a little so. bit of solidarity um, <clears throat> within the team, but Inter know that they lost their opportunity to. Uh, at least have it, you know, have the Scudetto in their hands. There's still yeah. four matches to go, but... It would be very rough. easy to blame this on Radu, the mm-hmm. one mistake, but clearly they were 1-1 at that point, yeah. Yeah. and there's bigger problems than just an individual mistake from Radu because I've seen people blame him, but for me, it, it goes beyond that. Mm. Yes. Uh, this game, you have this game, you have to win it, but don't forget, this Bologna team, this last couple of matches have been very very difficult even Milan have dropped mm-hmm. points Juventus have dropped points um, I think Mihailovic uh, getting sick you know and, and being away from that team has given that extra motivation we saw a great post that IFTV posted um, showing the, the players um, at the hospital outside the hospital outside the hospital yeah. 
and, and you know yeah. the, the team is on. behind them you know when it's something like this this is outside of soccer outside of calcio um you can feel the passion and and what you want to do for for your leader right because it a lot of times it, it's it's that group mentality and and your coach has to be your leader you have to believe in him 100 percent so uh missed chances bologna took advantage you know inter weren't able to finish and you were we're put in a position where uh we're outside looking in mm. obviously we weren't able to we we didn't score that second goal to win but at 1-1 one, one, one point behind milan is a lot better than losing this game and being two points behind milan mike yeah how much sure. do you blame inzaghi on this sort of result what do you think because there's been you know talk obviously we we heard all the the you know, when Inter were going through that bad period, they, they referenced his second half of his seasons, uh, sometimes his mentality and sort of these matches. He even brought up some of the substitutions. How much of this do you think came down to the coaching aspect? Uh, I think overall with Inzaghi, I've been kind of back and forth with him on him being if he's the right coach to be top um, to be coaching a top team like this. And I think it's still there for the grabbing to see if he is the right fit for Inter. I would say for I'd say a good chunk of it is him in the him as a coach that he deserves some blame for sure. We all understand whatever. There's only so much you could do like with what happened with Radu and stuff like that. We knew Handanovic wasn't gonna play. He had some he had an injury that he was fighting off, and it was like a game time decision with that. And I think this question is uh, still for a lot of Inter fans in general. Um, from Inzaghi succeeding from succeeding from um, Conte, is he the right manager? Is he a winner? Is he someone that can win the Scudetto after Conte won it? Because he's never he's never won a Scudetto before, and is that pressure gonna keep building off him? This was a must win for for Inter so they can stay on top, and now with this loss, it puts Milan. In that position where they can go back and win the Scudetto, Destiny's back in their hands. And I know Marco, your dad's not here, but he was never the biggest fan. And I'm not saying I agree with he him, was but very I, against him. he was very. You're putting I that was nice being though. nice. I was being nice. But I think your dad was what the point your dad was seeing that he saw. I think maybe before all of us were kind of giving uh, Simon and the benefit of the doubt is maybe he can't do it with all this pressure. You know, he did he did remarkable with Lazio, but they had nowhere near as much pressure that Inter are. They just won the Scudetto. They're fighting for the Scudetto again. And he's so topsy-turvy. There's a lot of questionable decisions from him sometimes. The pressure of him overall. And we still got to wait till the end of the season. But against Bologna, I understand they've had a very good uh, last few games taking points against these. But I just think you got to do better as an Inter coach. Anto. It's been a long time. You haven't spoken. This might be a, like a world record, Guinness Book of World Records, for the longest time you haven't I spoken just, on the podcast. I just speak well, only are, when I've been asked to pe speak. People are going to click off if you don't speak soon. So do you think Milan, this was obviously a huge result as well for Milan because you're back in the driver's seat. If you would win all your games, then you would win the Scudetto. You don't have to worry about Inter dropping any more points. How much of that do you think plays a factor into Milan being able to win the Scudetto and, and how big of a, a moment do you think this is for your, for your team? Well, you know what I'm going to try to do? Okay, first of all, I know I'm going to try you. My answer is going to be like a curveball because uh, I want to piggyback and finish up what Mike, Hop I think, on. didn't finish to say. And uh, 
why it's always about Inzaghi. Inzaghi, when the, the week before or two weeks before he beats uh, Juventus, all of a sudden Inzaghi, oh my God, Inzaghi has been proven, you know, that he's worth it over the job, that Conte was mm-hmm. doing it. He took over the job, he made Zeko to be a great striker and then the Lautaro. Then while, all of a sudden, when he just a little, a little trip, boom, Inzaghi's not good anymore. So when you guys are spewing all of those, uh, you know, uh, uh, information, toward a coach that so far hasn't won, but because he didn't have the player, I will just be very cautious. The fact that we are two point up and that asterisk is gone from the Inter Bologna has got nothing to do with that. We know it, and AC Milan has proven it in the past that the advantage he actually plays against us is better when you're outside looking inside than when you're on top, because all of a sudden we think we, we have it already, and then we get punished by stupid teams. Now, let me finish up about your stuff about Inzaghi. I will say, why does Inzaghi does the same nonsense? Who's advising him? I don't think it's only Inzaghi. Who's the second of Inzaghi, Pete? You know him better than me. Wait a moment. You, Wait a moment. No, no. Not only that, the second of Inzaghi, if he sees a problem that we all see over here, He's going to get close to him. I said, hey, why are you doing this? Why don't you keep Barella in? Why don't you keep Chala on? And then a game end, when they go back on the drawing board and they go to rewatch the game, doesn't Zanetti say anything to him? Doesn't somebody else with the technical big balls tells him what, what's going on? I said, hey, by the way. Manscaped. Yeah. Manscaped and anybody balls. Manscaped. I said, hey, by the way. This is what you've been doing. I mean, we're not trying to criticize you. We're trying to give you a different look of why things and why we look at it because, uh, you know, it's not that we wanted to tell you how to do your job, but this is, I think, is something that you might want to consider. What were you going to so, say about this? this no, no, device? I, I, I want to say, I, I agree with what Antonio said about Inzaghi, where first off, we can't. What happened? It was directly into the microphone. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was my beard. <laughs> with Inzaghi, I, I, you know, like I agree with him as far as you can't jump on him. Oh, he's done a great job. Oh, he's done a bad job. I think he, as a coach, has a lot to prove. Uh, I think Conte demands a lot more respect than what he has. Where I think Conte is a top coach. I know he's never done it in the Champions League. Hasn't even got out of the group stage. But I think what he's been able to do with his teams have been a remarkable job, and I think he deserves a lot of respect as being that top coach. Inzaghi's still not there yet, and not because he can't be. He just needs some time. He needs to be able to win something like Antonio referred to. And besides that, I think Inzaghi, sometimes he's so worried about technicalities Mm -hmm. or looking at the statistics, Mm -hmm. and that's where his subs have failed. I feel like every time there's a yellow card, that player is the first one to get yeah. off the field because he has some type of statistic that the chances of getting a right card and going down to 10 men. But you know what? A lot of times, you have to be able to read that game and, and understand and base it off of intuition a lot of times as, as a coach. Understanding the feeling and understanding what to do. He's made those mistakes before where, for example, the Milan game, when you're up one nothing. You can't make four or five changes at once. And that's even another point I want to bring up. But you make those four or five changes, you're changing half the team. Mm. Half those guys are not into the they game. The so now you have to understand. And then Milan could get that chance. So that you have to see and be able to make those right decisions. And what I wanted to jump off on that point, guys, making those five subs has been beneficial 
for injuries and for you know uh, the the standard of the game. We see a lot more goals being had in the end of the games. People are fresh, but it also challenges the team because when you put five new players, it changes the makeup of the starting eleven. And if you put these guys that are not mentally all there or or ready for something, that's when the mistakes happen. One player doesn't get affected, you know. But if you have four new guys all of a sudden in, and then there's a little mistake, mm. it's I think over. I think it's one hundred percent right, and I'll tell you the reasons why. Even though you train with all of those players every every other day, let's say on the field when you're not on the pitch, Training let's say when you're in Milanello, when you are at a piano gentile, even though you train with all of those people, some players are more technically, you know, uh, uh, do they like put it this way? They like to play with the same kind of a player that they play the first seventy minutes. But then when you you do this this all the time, for example, you take Light Lautaro out and you leave Jaco in that is much older than him, then you can create problems over there. So I agree with Peter one hundred percent, and I think that the four or five subs at the same time it creates an imbalance on the team that it can actually cause the team to go in a temporary shock or freeze. So because they saw, oh, the mechanism, they're not yeah. exactly they're the not same. They're not in the game. They're not in the game. They're so not the same. Some so over there, in. you create some sort of a not trouble, but imbalance. People, they have to just know, you know, somebody it, it has the tendency to stay wider. Another, another one a little bit too far up. Another one too close to the other defender. So you create, to me, an imbalance. So unless those things are, are being worked out during the training section, I believe... These four or five subs done immediately at the same time, they create a big, 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 big problems. I got a good question. We asked uh, people on Instagram uh, for, for some questions, just to move on from Inter after this. The Real Padula says, rate Inter, rate Inzaghi's season with Inter if they finish second place. Oh. I was actually watching a clip from our first ever <clears throat> predictions of the podcast. Before we did, you know, after the Calcio Mercato, my dad had Inter in sixth place. Do you guys remember was this? Yeah, I remember My that. My dad had yeah, Inter in did. sixth place. Yeah, yeah. Where do you rate? Where do you wow. rate Inzaghi's season? And let's be quick with this. But where where would you rate his season if they finish second? Listen, if Milan win the Scudetto over over I think, Inter, I think I would give him an A minus. But uh, because he, he took uh, he lost two of his best players, Lukaku and uh, and Hakimi, and he was able to replace and and uh, and get the team uh, closer to challenge, and it's still challenging. Believe it or not. Because they must still win. Hey, we just uh, four just games saying, away. But, but the, if the I came, I'll play. give him an A minus, a B plus. Uh, I'd give him a B minus. I get the players that are out, but you still have arguably the best team on paper, and and even though it would be would be close, mm-hmm. a few points, I'd say I'd say that. Yeah, I'm I'm with Mike. I think that Inter still have the best team in the league. I mean. You don't see any other team who has a problem like Perisic versus Gosens on the left side. Yes. Darmian versus Dumfries on the right side. Correa, Dzeko, Lataro on the bench. Uh, even, even you know, the midfield, I, I know you could argue that Vidal and, and Gallardini, they're not great substitutions. The defense, the, the players that could come in. I mean, they still have the most depth yeah. and they play the best style. So, and, and when you look at Milan's side, when I look at Milan on paper... They're more of the unit of Milan has worked more than it is technical skills. So when you look at it from that aspect, I think that it's bigger. Inter were the favorites coming into this year, and I would I would I'll agree with your rating. I would say B minus. If he if he wins the Coppa Italia, you know B plus. A-. For me, for me, Wait, Simone you, has you overachieved. Has overachieved because he has lost all that stuff. You, you just went. Yeah. I'm sorry. Nah, I would say uh, I would agree. I guess with a B minus, where it's. Mm. 
you know, from the beginning of the year, it was question marks with Inzaghi and what he can do with his Inter team. But then over the course of the season, how the team got into a lead in first place and then how the last end of the season has, has gone, like the middle ground, I guess, mm. of the season. You have to, when you're in the lead like that, you have to control that lead and 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 increase your dominance in, in the league. And we just saw the team taper and, and it wasn't good. So I, good, I give him B minus. Got a good question. Uh, just to add on to Antonio's parade, because he just had a great, great day. You had a great 24 yeah, hours, right? You won, you won your match against Peter and Bologna also beat Inter at the same time. Uh, we got Joe Cipriano who said, Antonio, I need your thoughts. What are you, how do you feel about the Bahrainian takeover of AC Milan? Are you excited? A spectacular idea. Great idea. Yeah, and you sure. know what? Those people, they're not guessing. The Bahrainians are not guessing. First of all, First of all, they know that they're buying a world championship brand. AC Milan is one of the top three teams in the world. Not because I'm saying it, because those are the stats. Those are the achievements, number one. Number two, AC Milan is big all over the world. He's big in China. He's big in the Philippines. He's big in Indonesia. He's big over here in the United States. And he's big in Italy and all Europe. They were ranked number one Serie A team for, as a brand in the United States. So, okay. Great. So what I'm saying is that those people, in lieu to the fact that they're not they're going to get even the stadium, which is something that is going to happen within the next couple of years, the, at the plus they have the Milan Channel, the Mil, uh, Milan TV. So they made an investment that for me, it's it could be it could be even stretch more. If I was Elliot, I would ask him for one and a half billion dollar. I'm telling you, because money right now they mean nothing. Money, they just nothing. Those people, they said, oh my God, look, we're wasting money. We are wasting, let's buy it. That's what they did. Look, inflation, inflation is not 10%. So those guys, they immediately threw the money over there. Money doesn't mean anything anymore. So they bought something. <laughs> they, oh, you're laughing. You want to throw bought, some money this way? They bought something solid. I said, hey, this is it. Let's grab it. Let's not let go. And then they... They do what they gotta do. Well, the the one thing I know I know Peter is probably well versed in this because you you do work as an agent, so you understand this this world. You understand Great idea. The, the the intertwinings of things. The one thing I would say is from Elliot's perspective. I remember listening to I remember Bobo Vieri saying this. I don't remember where he said it or who he said it to, but he said that under Elliot, you're never gonna see Milan spend right because. They're they're a fund. They're looking at the bottom dollar. Yeah. What they've done to the what Milan have done and what Maldini has helped build with with the little money that they've been able to spend yeah. is nothing short of spectacular. And if they go on and win the scudetto, it is truly a fantastic achievement. But let's not let's not get this mixed up. If Milan really want to compete in Europe again, they need a society behind them, a club behind them that could spend money to compete against the big clubs, right? When you watch the games against Liverpool, there's still that quality difference. They need to be able to invest in the transfer market and build a solid club. And from my understanding, with Elliot, that was never really going to happen because they are looking more so to flip the team and, and to just look They're for just a profit. Holders. Yeah. Peter, you could speak no. to this better than all of us. I don't know about that. Well, Elliot's objective was to bring Milan back into Europe so that way they can get the cash flow coming in and then balancing the books. Don't forget, Elliot got hold of the team based on a defaulted loan that was provided to Mr. Lee. Mm -hmm. So their intention, obviously, uh, was to make money on this loan. And they've used this time now to be able to reshape this Milan, especially in business terms, and have, have performed an amazing job, not only in on the sporting side, but I think even on the brand branding side as well, 
where they've also created uh, partnerships with Rock Nation. Um, Puma has been uh, a big deal with uh, with Milan in their collaborations with artists, with uh, even NBA stars. Um, so kind of to expand it more on a global uh, level. And then at the same time, I mean, the scouting has been amazing. I think the trust to keep Maldini has proven to be an an absolute success story. Look at Especially Ragnik look now. at Ragnik that's on his way out of Menu. Mm. First, he is demise is he out? Menu. He's looking. Reports he, are saying reports, that he's going to leave. Yeah, there's reports that he might mm-hmm. get a, the Austrian national team job. But so all that comes from, like I said, stability at the top, understanding what the objective is mm. of this Milan team, and now. You literally, they literally got the team for three hundred million, and they're gonna sell for a billion dollars. I don't think one, po- almost one point two. Okay, but there's no business in the world that gives you that return. But just let me disagree with Marco said before. AC Milan, Marco is not gonna be spending big money just because Bahrain bought the I team. I disagree. Let me tell I you disagree. something. Let me finish. I disagree. Okay. I'll tell you the reasons why. First of all, the names that they're looking at, they're not the big names. They wanted to plug few decent players because if it wasn't for spend the money AC Milan would go out of the way to say to talk to Kessie and say hey by the way Frank I said uh, why do, would you like to maybe talk maybe we have the new ownership and maybe you can uh, you can just uh, we can uh, we wanted to see you still playing with us or things like that they're not doing that AC Milan has got a strategy I think on their ends first of all they did not underachieve yes last year so we came second again we came second okay but we build up slightly more on the youths that we bought. Very tiny little little unknown players. We plug them in and we're still challenging again for the first of the second place. Now, what this new ownership is going to do is, is going to be providing more liquidity not to buy big names. And I'm going to challenge you. I'm not going to see, you're not going to see a big names coming. We let Donnarumma go. We're going to let Kessier go. And now who else are we going to let go? We're going to let a couple other people go. We're not looking for big names. We're looking for people that they will know how to do their job. Big names. Nah, you got to take that next step I, I th- now. I think with there's the a takeover. Yeah. You got to spend 100, 200, 300 million. But we're going to get more money. Uh, if we win the campionato, we're going to put. Anto, we're going to spend. Don't more. you want to win more Champions Leagues in the future? Yeah, you're, but you're not going to just be doing that. Just okay, by let me just by. give you a perfect example. So what, what is PSG doing right now? They uh, but that's not the case. Just okay. everybody, okay, the most expensive player of the case, world. Though. What do they do? But that's one case. What do one case? Look at Liverpool. Look at Bayern Munich that are spending. There's a lot of teams that European spend teams well. that spend well. You have money. to spend. Yeah, well. I mean, yeah, Liverpool. Liverpool's not a good example because they they spent the money. Like if you check their spending compared to everybody else, it's actually not that high. Well, Alex. They're net, yeah, but we're talking about years ago. Allison, there's teams that spend that on on every single player. Liverpool's has been just smart buys, mm-hmm. and I think Milan mm-hmm. has done a really good job at spending the right way. But when you want to take that next step, and you if we're talking about more. Champions League next year, your defense and your midfield is great. I don't think you need to even touch it. Your that's that's been the backbone of your team. You got one of the best goalkeepers in the world, the best goalkeeper in Serie A. It's your attack that's letting you down. When I watch when I watch Milan play. And I see Salamakers, and I see Leao is good. When I see Brahim Diaz, and I see Giroud, I don't see they're good players, right? Some of these guys are good players, Junior, and they've done when Junior Macias. And I respect what they're doing right now. But when you want to take it to the next level, you need game changers, and you need players to a certain level when you want to achieve stuff in multiple competitions along uh, amongst a, a long campionato. And also, so that needs bench. to be the focus of Milan in this if Bahrain takes over 
it needs to be in the attack and it needs to be in bringing in quality players for that attack. Overall, too, because if you have some players that are injured, you don't have a formidable bench that you can bring in quality players of Milan's level. So okay, Mike, we, we need, as I said, for me, three or four 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 play four players to plug into what we have right now. Who are you now. thinking? Well, I think Botman, I know it's almost 100% yeah. sure. Renato Sanchez, I'm not high on the, on this guy here because even though they, all and of these rumors... attack, who do you want? Uh, I would be happy with uh, uh, Berardi Scamacca <laughs> because they've been playing together in Sassuolo and I, I would invest on those two guys. I love those two guys. Those two guys are deadly. When they connect, They're I'm telling you. They're going to cost money together. So, you believe, so you believe you cheap. do need a number nine? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Berardi Scamacca, to me, Berardi on the right hand side, Scamacca right there on the middle. They will just, uh, this is exactly what we need. You know who would be a perfect person to add into that mix? Who? Raspa. Raspadori. Those two guys, I like those two guys. Yeah, but no, not Raspadori. Raspadori. I, we, no, we have not, you can't we get, have you will not sign those three players from Sassuolo no, at the same time. No. No. You know who I would say? Who? Go for Dybala. Those well, three guys I got news into for your you. attack. I got news for you. If you would Dybala, have, you know why? Because you need some, healthy. you need some experience. I got you news need for some you. guys over there that have won and that can push you to the next level. Dybala, Dybala, with the right coach like Pioli or Maldini, <laughs> He would probably be, like you said, the perfect fit. But the only problem is his is salary demand. If we get him as a, as a free agent yeah. and we say, hey, Paolo. Seven million. Seven million a year. So even six and a half of the guy will sign. <laughs> we'll say, I'll you call make him. it seem like it's your money, Anto. I'll call him. The don't money, yeah, they got the money. They so can spend. spend. They don't even have crumbs no, anymore. Don't worry about it. No, no more money crumbs doesn't matter. Did you listen hear? No me. more crumbs. You're not kidding. Forget you, about the inflation. Listen you to have me. Dybala, Dybala, if you're listening to me, uh, Paolo, right now, just do the right thing. If you want to win, if you want to win, just come come to us. Don't worry about the half a million here and there. Just for the shirts that you're going to be getting, the sponsors and all the stuff, you're going to make that 10 times. But I thought Juve's given him up because he doesn't give enough games. You can have the same problem with him. Juve is making a big mistake. Mm, I don't know. Juve is making a big mistake. It's not just Juve, it's Allegri and the, the top gun over there, the, the top dog over there. And, uh, and, uh, uh, you know. Uh, um. All right, we'll get on. We'll get it. We'll, no, we'll get on. no, no, no. I got to spew it out of my mouth. He's like mouth. processing. Okay, okay. Agnelli, Agnelli, listen to me. Agnelli and Allegri, they are buddy, buddy, buddy. They're making a big, a big mistake. They, they already made this decision long time ago. So I think they are. They're gonna be cursing themselves out when they're gonna see Dybala punishing them game after game after yeah. game after game. We'll see. Let's uh one one last question about Milan, then I wanna I wanna move on. Uh, I see this from Medi who asks, Is Leao currently the best player in Serie A? If no, give us a name. Well, at this position is one of the top two. No, no, no. Top two. No, no, no. The, in Serie A is he the best player in Serie A? Is the question. Uh no. I say no. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I if I had a pick, it's tough. It'll probably it's too have to wild. be Vlaovic. It's too wild. I say Vlaovic. Yeah, probably. Have to uh, be. No, no, not Vlaovic. Leo's very. He has a huge not not who's done the best, but who is the best. Leo player. has a very big roof. He has so much potential, but now currently, right now, he's not the best. This is the question. Mm. You have a team. You're the owner of a team. You have any budget to buy a player, one player in Serie A to build the team around. You have zero players. You could sign one. If you look at me, I look at Vlaovic. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, I would have to agree. All of us saying, "Damn, it's bad that we're all saying the same thing." I'll try. I'm thinking of someone else. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about Napoli mm. uh, because Napoli, man, this weekend against Empoli, they were up two zero. They were up two zero in eight minutes. They threw away this game against Empoli, an Empoli side that we know is is very good. It's it's coached by Andrea Zoli, and we'll touch on Empoli after. But my gosh, this Napoli side just just you know fell fell apart underneath them. 
I already had said before, I think the match against Fiorentina was a final nail in the coffin with the Scudetto. I know people kept believe. you know, some people said, no, they're still in it. Now, after this match against Empoli, they're too far behind. And uh, I feel for them. I feel for them for a couple of reasons. Because the backlash that's come from this is probably the worst part. I mean, you you know, there were reports in Italy that Spalletti is going to is gonna leave. That De Laurentiis is not ha- happy with Spalletti, which is crazy. In my opinion, the biggest the biggest disappointment is is for Spalletti is that he set their expectations so high. Remember when they started the season? I think they had one of the best starts in their history where they go 12, 13 games unbeaten. They were doing amazing. He set these expectations higher than what his squad actually was. Napoli is a top four team. There are a lot of people, people at this table, that didn't even think they were going to get into Champions League spot. They're built for Champions League. The fact that they were doing so good and were fighting for the Scudetto is credit to the team, and I'm not giving a justification for having fallen off because, yes, you were doing this good. You could have kept it up. They did amazing in January when there was AFCON and they lost all these players. They just overachieved, and in my opinion, reality started to hit them because, again, the fact that they're even in third place is a successful season for Spalletti in his first year. You know what the crazy thing for me is? Um Compared to last season, I feel like, you know, they did great in the beginning. And towards the end, there's always a falling off with them. At first, I was I was so big on Spalletti uh, coming for Napoli. He was doing great in the beginning, like Marco was saying. So happy to support them. But I don't know what it is. Some kind of mental block, something that's going on. It seems like maybe it's not the coach and something maybe in the locker room that it kind of fizzles down towards the end. It's like they spread themselves too thin and towards the end... They just lose the concentration, and they have a lot of lapses, which make the and turn. I, I just feel like this rinse and repeat the past few seasons. Do great in the beginning, and then they just fall off towards end. Do you guys think that, or is it I just disagree. me that thinks? So I, I think I think the distraction, the distraction with this, uh, the, the you know the fact that uh, uh, you know uh, Insigne signed with this, and uh, you know all of those rumors of this, like just Marco said, the Dalent is. Uh, not having this uh, 100% great relationship with Paletti and vice versa. This is a lot of distraction to the player. They don't need to see. The locker room is not solid. There is not a real leader right now in the locker room. A lot of people, they think Koulibaly is the leader. I I, uh, I have the, the tendency not to believe that, that that much. I think Insigne could have been the one until he really is starting to focus more on, on, on his contract than his, uh, his way of playing. So, uh, and then... You guys are you know, going way too deep on this. I've said you're that. Not, you're Listen not, you're not looking at just the reality of the situation. I don't think it's a mentality. I don't think it's the team not liking each other. I don't think it's them lacking a leader. Yeah. I think that, guys, they, they were just doing amazing. When you look at the squad that they have, you I know you could comment, look at look at uh, Pioli and what he's doing with Milan. Number one, it's not his first year. Number two, Milan are, as well are overachieving. They're doing, they're doing, they're having a special season. To to fault them, to fault Napoli for falling off in the Scudetto in the end. It's just a, a, a bad management of your expectations. Uh, I was, listen, well, let me finish, just let me respond to that, okay? I didn't put Napoli on uh, on the high, I, I, thought, I didn't think Napoli You didn't put them in top four, but now you're blaming them for not winning, not, not because, going all the Not because of that, no, not because of that. I just didn't put it on the top four because I don't believe in Spalletti. That's why uh, <laughs> I didn't put it on the top four. I, I think there's Napoli. The squad is there. Yeah, this Napoli team definitely overachieved at times in the season but I think when you're right in that position to keep up with Milan and Inter where you know we've discussed it all, all year round where 
this season is a very particular one where Milan is definitely overachieving. Inter is, slu- is sluggishly there. Um, and Napoli should have been right there to the last day. Yeah. Um, Juventus from the beginning were out and their rise to the top just for the that they're making fourth place was was due to them spending some money in January. But they were done for the Scudetto for for a while now, right? Also the teams below them just yeah, and yeah, the teams below them. So I'm saying all those uh, parts put together, I think Napoli should have been right there for the Scudetto. Am I surprised that they drop a lot of these points? You're not going to win the Scudetto if you can't win the win games at home. I'm sorry. That's just a, a, a recipe for disaster. Um, and, you know, it's unfortunate because even dropping points or losing versus Fiorentina, if they would have won the game versus Empoli, mm-hmm. they're only, what, three yeah, points? Well, I think they would have been three points away from Milan. So they, they would have been very much right there to... To, the to challenge uh, for the Scudetto. They, now, would have been, they would have been two points it, from Inter and four points from Okay, Milan. so, I mean, they it still would have been a long shot, I think, with only four games left. But you never know. Things could have happened and it would have, look could at, have look, fallen. To, we haven't been able to predict any yeah, of the Yeah, no, you can't. Well, that's matches. what I'm saying. This this year, I mean, you can't expect, and, and I think we've said it, every, every round, the top three teams haven't won sh- Consecutively since, January, since January, and even Empoli, for example, that beat Napoli. Napoli are up two nothing. How are you going to win the Scudetto if you can't keep a two nothing lead? And not Empoli, the last game that they won was in Naples. That was the last game that they won back in okay? December. So that's an amazing stat. Now, when it comes to Napoli, I think what they miss and what they lack is a sense of leadership. I do understand what Antonio is saying. But I, I want to take it in a different context. Whereas I think this Napoli team, the leader should be Koulibaly. He just can't take the, the reins yet because he still has Insigne there. Even though Insigne is already half-packed, ready to go. Uh, I hope he has a winter coat. But he's on his way to Toronto. Mm. He's still, quote-unquote, the captain of this team and the leader of this team. Now, I think... That's where the problem stems from with Napoli. I'm going to take this take where Insigne, unfortunately, in the big games, he, he, has, he hasn't proven to be that captain, that leader to take the, Mr. To take the game. He's a choker. So that's one. Mertens has been on a Belgium team that have been a super team, and they never can, they can't get past you know, the quarterfinals or whatever it is. They've always made a mistake. So this Napoli can't team, I'm not saying, uh, no, 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 but I'm, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is this Napoli team don't have winners they don't have players that have done it before whereas milan inter have players that have done it before milan we I have think, only ibrahimovic and Giroud. that's it okay but th- those are guys within a locker room that i think ibrahimovic and Giroud, as you would say no, the men's though have cojones but peter i don't agree with you with a, a captain armband you don't need a captain's armband to have a voice to be a leader you know i don't i think that's not the thing you don't it's not a tangible thing you can still be a leader or you know juventus when they had the bbc over there that Kilini bonucci buffon now all of them had the captain's armband but th- those guys were screaming their heads off they were there right uh they're right there should, but maybe they spe- just don't have the vocal they just they just don't have that vocal leader that brings uh that was but serenity the is in the, the locker room. That it was Buffon, Bonucci, Kellini that commanded the locker room, mm. but they were a unit, they were together. Obviously, 
uh, Buffon leaving or whatever changed the dynamics of, of it. Course, but yeah. those were guys that they had the same idea, the same yeah. mentality. Guys, should Spalletti be sacked? Yes no. or no? No, 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 no. no. I would. For what? Home. For home. Um, I mean, there's a lot of fans that Italiano. Want. Italian secret coach. There are, there are rumors already. They pointing to him. So you would you would sack Spalletti? Oh, in a heartbeat. Italiano, Italiano, oh. Italiano will take this team to the next level. One hundred percent. There's higher a lot of. Let me just say something. Please, please, please. please, please, please let, let's just Italiano. hear me out. Please, hear me out. Fiorentina sells Vlaovic. Everybody was looking at Fiorentina to collapse. What happened? Fiorentina has won. I put has put a string of positive games. None against the little little crappy uh, you know uh, uh, teams. Yes, but a strings of wins. One of them, Napoli. One after the other, the other, the other, the other. And the quality of the game, he was there on the field. Just forget about the last two matches. Yeah. Well, okay. so uh, of course, of course. Yeah, just forget but, about them. I mean, come but, on, Mike. There, it's it's very it's hard when you're playing I, with the team that don't forget though. that they lost. No. Just they lost, Mike. About. They lost big teams. That Mike, you Mike, about. Mike. Anybody can ever. But look where they top. are right now. Hey, they're challenging for the UEFA. They've done. They've Fiorentina have. Done amazing. No, I'm not. The I'm, fact that they're challenging I'm for not Europe. Saying that. Yeah, they've they've fallen I'm, off because number I'm, one, they don't have a team uh, a team that's that. deep enough to compete, and they've been playing every couple of days now. These games Absolutely. have been back to back every two, three. No, days. I get it. it's more that demanding. Is, that is a way harder task. But look at look at Conte when he has a week to prepare for matches versus when he has to coach every three days. That is a tough task, and this yeah. is again remember. This is Italiano's first year with Fiorentina. I just don't think I he, agree with you on your take about him. What he did with the team is amazing. I don't think he he should go to Napoli just because I think number one Spalletti deserves to keep his job a hundred percent. But also, I want Italiano to gain more experience at Fiorentina. I think he's got this sense of pride to try to bring this team to Europa League. But I think you did give give a, an unbelievable example. He gave. I was reading his interview from a couple of weeks ago, and they asked him about Vlaovic. He said the one philosophy that I have is that you should never rely on one player. Absolutely. He said that is the one one of the biggest mistakes teams make is being relying on one guy because if that guy gets injured, he's not on his game, it's about the collective. And when you watch, look at Vlahovic when he was playing at Fiorentina, look at Vlahovic when he's playing at Juventus. Has he done good at Juventus for coming in? He's done good. Does he get the same service as collective and as a unit that he did at Fiorentina? Absolutely no. not. Because Fiorentina plays like a team. Fiorentina plays for each other. They they they, they have, have a system. A, they have a beautiful philosophy mm -hmm. that thrives under that, and that's why you're able to you know plug and plop these players. Mm. Even when Cabral and Piontek have a combined five goals in the Serie A, Cabral look is what new. They're still Marco, Marco Cabral is new in the Campionato, so yeah. just give Cabral one more year. I get that one. point, but Anto, you, I don't think you can throw Spalletti on the bus. First of all, Italiano still needs a lot more time to prove himself if he's even good enough. To be coaching a top team, and this Spalletti's first season, you can't just he did. Yeah, Mike, Mike, did a Mike. Lot, there's a lot of pros and Mike, let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah I many big teams. I make big teams. I many big things did Spalletti take that he was given more than one season, and he never did. He never went. He excelled. He never oh, won anything. At Inter, he did a great job. What at Roma, he did, did a he great win? job. Nothing. Yeah. They don't have what, the tools to win. Why did he win? The tools. Yeah, let me just say something. What makes you think? What makes you think that an extra year? With Spalletti, Napoli is going to get over the but top. He's, he's done great at Napoli. In, over there, in Ukraine, over there, in, uh, in Shakhtar. Zenit. 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 Okay. Russian, Russian. It's not, it's, not a, it's not to me. If you are, if you are the Laurentiis and you want to win, if you got to be very serious about winning. So why didn't Spalletti you think about that a year coach. ago? Because it was the, that, that was the cheapest uh, option uh, uh, available for him. Definitely and then, uh, you know, Gattuso oh, and all that stuff. Uh, you know, the debt. Talking nonsense. Yo, let's move on. 
Uh, next, next thing, Juventus. Mm. Juventus. They've basically wrapped up Champions yeah. League. Top four. They uh, they won again this weekend, which which basically secures it. They even could could overtake Napoli at this point because they're only one point behind, mm-hmm. which is pretty crazy to think about. Also, merit because the teams below them have slipped up. And they're not really putting a challenge. Atalanta has fallen off of the, the map in Italy. Atalanta, Crazy. I don't know who's wearing surprise. the Atalanta jerseys because it's not those players. So for Juventus, how do we rate this season? They're still in the Coppa Italia where they play against uh, Inter. They could win this trophy. They're going to get top four, We could, I think we could confidently say. Coming into the year, I think that when they had Ronaldo, I thought that they were going to win the league. I think when people saw Allegri come back, they saw them as becoming the favorites for the the league title, especially with Ronaldo, uh, especially with Lukaku and Hakimi leaving. How the season went, it's kind of the opposite of Napoli, right? The expectations that Juventus set early on were so low that now that they get into top four, we see it as a success. With the reversal of Napoli, they, they did so amazing. Now, now that they only get top four, we see it as a failure. Yeah. For Juventus, the thing that that I watched their, their last match against... Um, Sassuolo. Sassuolo. Mamma mia. Sassuolo dominated Absolutely. Juventus. It was a beautiful performance. We know Sassuolo against the top teams. They play their style. They play fantastic. But you would have believed, maybe I'm making an exaggeration, you would have believed Juventus was playing against like a Bayern Munich or something with the way that they had to sit back and defend and be conservative. I know that they were missing a lot of players. I know that's the big, the big talking point. But for me, even when you do have your players, you never play a dominating football. You never play a football that you see the vision, you see the ideas, you see the passes, you see that everyone knows to be in the right place at the right time. They're kind of just a team that manages games, that manages ways to win the match. Is does is that credit? Yeah, it is. Is it credit for a team like Juventus who are just able to counterattack and just win a match against Sassuolo and not really have a style and not really have a philosophy? For me, for the way that I see the game, I, I'm not I'm not impressed and I know they won and everyone's gonna say oh you're being too harsh on Juventus but that's the way that I see the game it's realistic uh, because you know it's just been disgraceful watching them despite the results that they won two to one Sassuolo was all over the place I mean uh, hey this is uh, on the player to player if you actually match them up you see it that uh, the, the value of those players and uh, the technical level that they should have on the field uh, uh, Juventus just will just over overcast them that by I don't far. agree with uh, they, they do. Look, they I would I would take the Sassuolo midfield. I would take Maxime mm. uh, Lopez yeah. and Fratesi over the Juventus midfield. Even the attack, I would take the attack over the Juventus attack. You Besides can. Vlahovic. Oh, okay. Besides Vlahovic. Okay. Traore, uh, Raspadori, Berardi, Scamacca. Scamacca, forget about Scamacca. I would I would take Vlahovic over him. I think I mean, for their performances and how they've been playing this year. But if you look at the accolades, I think Juventus yeah. with the Rabiot that's won a World Cup. Morata, yeah, but that's, that's okay. Listen, but, but now now we're going against your philosophy. Your whole philosophy is about philo- don't look at the name. Don't yeah. look at what they've yeah. done Listen. before. Don't look about how you play that. By the you play the four four two. You play the four four two. That means that Mar- Marco said you just go. You are, you are over there to just make sure that if you if you score, you come back and just you run the clock, okay? And you park the bus on defense. That's why Juventus is good at it. 
I'll tell you what, Pete, it's just really disgraceful. And just but having it, a team like we, that, Juventus, just doing that kind of a performance and uh, just playing for the three points and not playing spectacular culture. Anto- I'm not saying that's to be spectacular. Antonio. Just but, play to make the people say, oh my God, I spent 25 euros to watch this game <laughs> and I'm <laughs> going back. I said, oh, I, you think that the, 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 the Tifosi they go back home and say, oh, we won, we won, we won. They went to watch a Antonio. garbage game from Antonio. their own team. Antonio. When Juventus makes a decision to take Allegri, you know what you're getting. <laughs> they knew exactly what they were getting into what it. they were gonna get and the performances that were were going Coming. to be seen yeah. on the field. What they didn't expect was Juventus to have a lackluster season and you know now they've gotten into the Champions League spot, but Allegri has proven in the past that he's able to just win the games, play play poorly whatever the case might be defend but he's going to make sure that he puts the f- team on to win and mm-hmm. that's it at any that's cost that's the only way they look at at it. any cost and that is based on what like i said the agnelli and agnelli uh, family what they looked at and say we need to win we're not looking to play this pretty football but you're not even winning now oh yeah now they're not yeah. winning it but was that's okay when you were winning the scudetto and then you play like that and you're like oh okay yeah. but you won the they scudetto. want a stability because it, it now was you're also- still knocked out from villarreal in the champions league yeah yeah but you can win the coppa italia i know but you're not gonna win the scudetto but it's also because it's a it's a it's a year where you're gonna be losing or you're changing a lot of players yeah. i think so next year i expect a, a really important transfer market I think Juventus were smart to make that move early on, which is in January, to say, hey, we need to make a move, so we're going to risk not making Champions League, and we cannot lose those money. And they put that in. And they went after Vlahovic, who I consider to be one of the best strikers or young strikers to, to, to come. So they've put their money where their mouth is. But with Allegri, this is what you're going to get. You can put the top players. You can put all the PSG players on Allegri's Juventus, and they're gonna play the same way. It's just inevitable. They'll win the, with better players. You're 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 gonna win because you're gonna have the players' brilliance take over in a match, but not because they play a attack-minded, yeah. free-flowing game. That with Allegri, you will never get. And just to jump off, they went after Asadi because people were upset about Allegri and his style of play, mm. and they figured we're gonna get somebody that plays a better football. And then they scrapped that those plans right I away went after winning. Marco, one thing to clarify ahead. because I think you made a good point. I don't fault Allegri for what he did against Sassuolo because at this point in the season, you're not gonna you're not gonna come up with you're your game changing. plan. Yeah. You, he had to do what he had to do to win that spe- that specific match. My my point is that you know you're gonna get Champions League next year. Next year, you can't be having performances and you can't have a season like you had this year. That's just my my point leading into into the next year. It's are you seeing the improvements all around? Can Allegri only coach if he has great players at his disposal, which we've seen him manage players well, or can can he succeed with the group that he has? And another thing to add to add to your guys, uh, just the poor player, even Antonio saying for Juventus, uh, Juventus are in fourth place. They have fifty two goals. Udinese are in 12th place and they have 53 goals. So I think for the most part, Peter hit uh, hit, um, hit it for the most points. But um, even if they do get improved in the midfield and the defense a little bit, how much more of an improvement are we going to see on Allegri? 
on Allegri's uh, tactics. I'm sure it's going to be better than this, but where's the ceiling where it's like, it's just not enough? Allegri, I think Marco said it best. His, I guess, bread and butter is the fact that he knows how to manage mm-hmm. personalities and he knows how to manage uh, the team and, he, and he's a he's a, a player's coach, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he gives that flexibility to the team but also is able to make sure that they stay in line. Um, as far as a tactician, he's going to play his style and I don't think you're, he's going to change. So I don't think that the performances are going to differ much. I think the results will differ based on the players that they have because of, like I said, individual brilliance. Uh, Roma, let me finish, Marco. I got to finish. I got to get it out of my chest. <laughs> okay. This thing. Where's your chest? Listen to me. This thing with Juventus was in Italy we call salvare la faccia. So what they did with Allegri, they said, hey. We say it in English too. Okay. Save the face, right? So they sat down in a closet. Like not too many people around, no cameras, no phone, nothing. <laughs> you were there. How big is this guys, Listen to me, guys. We're looking like shit. Okay, so we need to spend. You we must need, have great boardrooms. Listen to me. Listen to me. We need to bring Allegri to. We're gonna give him Vlaovic because that's the only thing that we 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 can afford right now. That's the only thing around available. We're gonna take it away from Fiorentina because that's what they did. Mm-hmm. They took him away. Yes, okay? we understand that. We get that. Yes, they, your point. They took him away, and this is the only way that they, they playing that scrappy game. They want that, but they're managing now to be lurching in the, the third <laughs> This is what you position. had to get off your couch. <laughs> Wait a moment. This is, this is what you just said. This is the, they away. Now, okay, compare Pirlo with Allegri. At the same point last year, compare what Pirlo did, and you guys were, were shitting on Pirlo. <laughs> <laughs> All of you, compare what yeah, Pirlo and Andrea, Allegri okay, did. I have a counter to you. Andrea Pirlo had Cristiano Ronaldo and he had Federico Chiesa on his team. What? I mean, he didn't have, he didn't have Vlaovic. Okay, he had Ronaldo. I mean, Ronaldo. Well, he had the guy that scored 30 goals. Well, oh, oh. And he had Chiesa. And he had Chiesa. It's a big know, difference. I don't know. Don't, don't, it's a big don't mess it up. It, it is a difference. And, so and hold Mike. on. But, but at the same time, number one, it's hard to compare last year and this year because the teams are very different. But also, Juventus didn't get... Juventus were out of Champions League until Verona scored a goal against Napoli yeah. uh, in the in the last 10 minutes. They got to save your goal. Juventus are in Champions League right now. And 95%, let's say, are going to get to Champions League. So the, how are you making the argument there's for There's a Andrea lot of Pirlo? factors. There's a lot of factors. I think that he was overhated. He was over-criticized. I agree with that. But to say, you know, uh, Pirlo was a guy to stick to, no. Uh, I would have given the extra year to Pirlo. I would have given Sarri the extra year and bought more I players. I would have given Pirlo the chance. Let's move on. I would have given Pirlo the chance, not this guy here. Yeah. Roma, Roma have been doing a really good season so far. A lot better than people have expected with Mourinho. They just tied 1-1 to Leicester, which was disappointing just because, uh, I mean, you know, in, in retrospect, I know they went to England. The first game was, was over there, and they got 1-1. Solid. But they played really good in the beginning, and I thought they were going to be able to manage the win. Peter even blamed uh, the 1-1 on Mike because Mike said, ah, wow, I can't believe they won this Blame game. Blame on Mike. Not Ibani is a clear no. right, right to when the That's only your fault. <laughs> they tied at last time, the last minute. No, no not last minute, minute, last 20 minutes. But mm-hmm. Roma, I, I really enjoyed the style. Uh, the kid Zalewski, oh my gosh, this kid is good. He's good. The 20-year-old, he was born and raised in Rome, but he's Polish, Polish parents. He plays for, he chose Poland. I know people were asking about that, but really good. Um, you know, always makes the right decision, has courage, not scared to 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 overstep and, and to make that final pass. He gave a great ball to Pellegrini who finished it off. And by the way, Pellegrini this season as a whole, I'm not talking about the game against Leicester, Pellegrini has impressed me so much. 
every time I watch Roma play, the guy is involved. He makes a forward pass. It's one thing that we constantly talk about with midfielders is do they go backwards? Do they just play it safe? This guy always goes forward, always sends the right ball into the box. When you have a player like him, it just makes everything easier for your striker. And I feel like character-wise, Pellegrini has been one of the guys to step up. Jose kept saying that, you know, Roma, we saw them dip off in a lot of matches, right? That was a big thing that they were doing in the beginning of the season. Now you're seeing they scored seven goals in the 90th minute. They're able to come back into the games. I think a lot of that comes down to Pellegrini, who's brought this new spirit, this new captaincy to the squad, and as well as other players stepping up like Mkhitaryan. Tammy Abraham has done fantastic. The only thing for me, and this is where I get a little negative, is the defense is is, is terrible. I mean, Ibanez and Mancini, they're not the guys that you build a, a team that's going to get into Champions League. And I, I see a question from Johannes who asks, what do Roma do next season? Because they're most likely not getting into Champions League. Fifth place would be a really great finish for them, in my opinion. Much higher. That's right around where they belong. Yeah, we're... Next season, can you get into Champions League with this current squad? In my opinion, no. Yeah. In my opinion, the teams that are ahead of them are still better on paper. And unless you're invest in getting some really good players in the back, I think Serie A, as much as it's been open and we score a lot of goals now, you're not going to win a season with the defenders that they have. It is tough overall, Marco, on that, po- on that point. I do feel like everyone's has Mourinho's back, though. And one big thing that I do like about Mourinho is... He believes in the youth where a lot of coaches, someone like Allegri, he doesn't really look at that. He looks at the Primavera just like Zaleski. He's breaking out. We He's gone to Primavera there. matches. Yeah. We got uh, the Ghanaian kid. Uh, Felix Fe- Fe- Felix been playing great. So they, he brings Bove. in a lot of... Bova, exactly. Bove. So there's a lot of players that you bring in. And that's something that you appreciate as a Roma fan overall. You see that you're bringing the youth in where you know a lot of coaches are scared. He puts them in, gives them confidence. And, you know, when Mourinho gives you the chance, you're going to give everything uh, you want for him. How do you see them next season? Next season, I'm not going to lie, it's going to be tough um, if he, they, they don't make transfers. But I think the Friedkin group it would be ecstatic with a fifth-place fin- uh, finish in this Serie A season. And I think Mourinho is going to get a few players like he did get in the beginning of the season and in January that he wants. So I do feel like they're on the same page with that. It's hard to say because we don't know who's going to come in the, in the summer mercato. But I'm excited to see who Roma will get. And that's, that's going to say a lot on their season. They have a lot to play with and a lot of positives to build off. But is your takeaway similar that it's the defense that's a problem? Or yeah, do you think the, still in the yeah. attack or in the midfield they're still no, missing? No, no. I think the defense is pretty pretty bad overall. Uh, I think Smolin has to overcompensate in terms of a lot of... Mm mistake schoolboy errors in the back so and I, I see a lot of frustration and a lot of pressure goes on his shoulder because he doesn't have a he doesn't have center back partners that can really um help him out Ibanez so I think that's terrible Ibanez he, is, he gave, is truly he messed, bad he messed up for the he equalizer today. Yeah, yeah. But, but the guy, makes, the, guy make, the guy makes a mistake like nine out of ten times yeah, yeah, yeah. he's very sloppy I would say that Roma all they need it's one or two additional defenders I would keep Mancini they need one or two additional defenders on the midfield that they're pretty stacked up. They have a good good midfield. And an extra forward to uh, just uh, to uh, 
to help Tammy. I think so. uh, Tammy is like basically uh, it's not, it's he was good in the beginning. I feel yeah. like he yeah. didn't him and Mourinho. So, yeah, uh, I know. It has to be. I that. will just get somebody else to keep company to uh, uh, Abraham because uh, Abraham, uh, I think, can be a lot more deadly if it's supported because yeah, Abraham draws a, draws a lot of attention. Yeah. But if you get somebody else to draw more attention to the other player, Abraham is going to have a lot more room to uh, to uh, to be as yeah. deadly well, or I, more Tam deadly than he is right now. And at times, even with this Roma, when they have suffered, it's because Tammy is By alone himself. a yeah. lot of times besides the defensive mistakes. So I think Mourinho here, uh, you know, he's implemented this three-man back line. He's usually played with a four-man back line. Do, uh, you know, does next year uh, change uh, based on his players? Does he change formations? It's been a back to, too. To change, yeah, to have a different I don't know. Side. I don't know. Been um, the optimistic. But, but Remember when we said uh, October? Yeah, January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, listen, I think this year coming back. Yeah, it's going to be different. Yeah, but it just stopped recently. I mean, I mean, yeah, I but it, they're not going to risk him. They won't risk no, it's him not for worth four it. games. So what, kind of a, what nature was his injury? His Achilles. Achilles. Oh. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. But <laughs> You're finding out now? <laughs> no, I thought, I thought it was something, eight with, ago. something was it with ligaments. I, I don't know, no, something no. with ligaments or nearby the knees and all the stuff. No. I don't think so. Okay, so, so I think definitely, I think for them to get into Champions League, they need an experienced defender, right? And then somebody that can partner with Tammy. Um and I think Pellegrini is definitely going to take this role where he's got to be that outright leader because, as you mentioned, um, he he makes the right passes going forward. But at times when he doesn't play well, the whole Roma team suffers. Mm. One thing, also, I don't know if you guys know, did you guys hear the story about him before the before the derby, before the derby de la Capitale? No. He, was, he had a fever. He was in bed 24 hours before, sick. They told him, you shouldn't play this game. They didn't want him to play, but he he is Roman born. He's a he's a son of this city. He understood what it means to the Roma fans to play in this match. He had a fantastic match in that one as well. He scored the free kick. That's the kind of character, the kind of leadership. I'm not saying that you know if you're you're sick and you can't play, it's one thing. But you know just the fact that that he's dying to play for the club and he understands really what it means. I always think those kind of things they really matter at a club. I think about Totti. I think about De Rossi. He has mm -hmm. a long way to get to that sort of level, but I think he's shown the signs that he can be that player for Roma. One, è un palleggiatore. Cassano calls him un palleggiatore. It's a, it's a Cassano. When Cassano calls somebody un palleggiatore, he means that he, he can handle the ball. He doesn't really do the safe. He doesn't go on the safe uh, safety side, side by side. He goes over the top and he just takes mm. the person one on one. Let's let's talk uh, let's talk uh, quickly just quickly and then we got to wrap up. Uh Lazio obviously lost to to Milan. Um there's there's been kind of like a mixed bag of 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 like what has Sadi's season been with Lazio and and where that what they've kind of achieved. They have a lot of drama and I feel like a lot of internal conflicts between between the team, right? They did a really good first half against Milan. I, I like the I like their attitude. I like the way they played Chido Immobile. He scored the goal. And then in the second half they, they kind of gave up. They they kind of decided not to fight. They decided not to to battle for the rest of this match. And then again, similar problem what I say with Roma that we've said since the beginning with this team, the defenders are atrocious on Lazio. I mean Acerbi, I see that he's linked with a move to Inter and Juventus. And I say, uh -huh. what are Inter and Juventus even looking at? This guy Acerbi does not belong at Lazio. Oh. Not not just because of the smile afterwards, whether you believe it, whether you don't believe it. I don't care. I don't care about that side. I care about how he plays. What are you doing? Like, what is going on? I think so. We're going to take him back, bro. I would never, I would not have a chair. I'm sorry. 
I love his story. I love what he's given. But he is, if Lazio wants to compete in Europe, again, you're not going to get there with the defense. The attack, I like the attack. I love the movements that they make. They have the midfield to be able to do that. They have mm-hmm. the service. They'll have a striker that scores a lot of goals. And guess what? Immobile probably bails him out a lot of times because he's able to put the ball in the back of the net with a chance and score a goal because their defense is is the thing that hurts them. And and even Strakosha, who I don't like as a goalkeeper as well. Now, the blame on Sadi, I think you got to stick with Sadi. There's no point of... <laughs> I, thought you're looking I, at would right <laughs> <laughs> I would suck him right now. I would suck him right now. Who would you get? Anybody. I mean, <laughs> this guy here is... You guys keep just you just putting so much so much uh, you know value to to just because he has won with the top of the line players this guy here this guy here he doesn't have a system what is he playing what is he playing look at the results that we're watching right now how the hell are you allow Lazio they're to, pretty, they're pretty to much be disgraced they're pretty much exactly where I would expect them they're in sixth place that is where yeah. the team belongs are they overachieving are they doing great no but looking at the squad if if you had to look at Sixth place, I would say. Okay, that's are you pretty kidding much where me? They should be. Where should they, they have be? top of the line players. Milinkovic, what position? They play? what, what position? What position? At this challenge for the first four places. First four. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think. I think if they make champion, if they make fourth place, it's a very good season. That's a very good based on the, the team no, that they have brilliant. compared yeah, to very good all the other teams that Let's are. Let's not forget that Atalanta fell off the map. Yeah. we would have had an Atalanta that's competing for top four. I mean, I think there's there's two dynamics with this. Is that First off, the the city of Rome is uh, in a piazza calda. It's very, it's a difficult uh, city when it comes to its football because both fan bases, you know, expect glory, and they don't have the financial ability, financial capacity, nor, I'm sorry to say, but the history of winning multiple. Scudetti and stuff. I know a lot of Roma and Lazio fans might be upset. No, but, but they I agree, think just if you look at the numbers, you, you know, it, it shows that. You they know. didn't win. Lazio yeah, they have only won. with Kinaga. Yeah. So, and That's also it. won in 2000. Napoli fans might, would, yeah. they might say, oh, Napoli too. Oh, but but Napoli as well. Nesta. Napoli, but at least in Europe, has yeah. had a little bit more. They won with Nesta. Was there, there, so, so anyway. there's, there's a little bit of that. But so you have these high expectations no matter what. The team, I think both Roma and Lazio are right there. The difference between Sarri and Mourinho is Mourinho is a charismatic coach. He knows how to handle pressure. He knows how to uh, divert certain things. Whereas Sarri kind of internalizes a lot of stuff. And I think you see it in, in, the, in the play where there's always these question marks. Oh, he can't, you know, from the beginning of the season where, oh, Luis Alberto Milenkovic Savic can't play together. Mourinho would have been witty or, or, or quick to be able to change the conversation and, and not be on the players, but on himself. On yeah. himself. Yeah. And, you know, uh, have that flexibility within the team. Whereas Sari, you know, with the press, he might say certain things. He He's kind of more open like that. And then also his team is always, you know, 15 to 18 players maximum that play at the same time. Whereas Roma, like we said, Mourinho is able to find these... Diamonds in the rough right. and give confidence in players. You know, he's, he's the one question. that says, Mourinho says, okay, blame it on me. Sarri would say, oh, in, uh, Chelsea said, oh, yeah. non capisco, no. They exactly. don't understand when exactly. I'm talking to exactly. them. Exactly. Now at Lazio, he said, oh, uh, Milinkovic cannot play with Luis Alberto. Okay. So it's always something with him. Well, that's but what I'm trying to say. So that way, I think Sarri is having that difficulty. But in the end, they're right where they're supposed to it's be. It's not a coach player to me. So, Salernitano have done something incredible. They're in the conversation to still stay in Serie A. All of us had them out oh, yeah. months ago. We've had them out for months and months and months that they were going to City B. 
They had eight points after the first 18 rounds of the Campeonato. They earned nine points in their last eight days. This is from a couple days ago. Uh, they beat Fiorentina. They have done fantastic in the matches that they've been able to win. Davide Nicola, he did this in 2017 with Crotone. He made a miraculous run. They had 14 points after round 29, if I remember correctly. And no other team in Serie A has ever had that few points and stayed up. He did that with Crotone. He brings that attitude, even if he has to take his shoe off to motivate his players. Now, as beautiful as this is and as great as as the fan base is because you see the fans in Salernitana. I've been there. I've, I've seen the emotions that they have and how much they want to stay in Serie A. Can they do it, guys? Can they stay in Serie A? Cagliari's three points away. Go I ahead, mean, Mike. considering, yeah, Cagliari's only three points away. They still got to play Empoli, Venezia, They're three Cagliari. points away, but they have a game in hand. Oh, they have the game in True. hand. Yeah, good True. point. And they're, they're playing uh, teams that are similar to them in ranking, so I definitely think it is possible... Yes you know, or no, though. I don't want geez, possible. Oh, Anything what is, is going possible. on? Since I'm a dreamer, yeah, I'm going to say they stay up. So who goes down? Cagliari is going team? down. Okay, and you stay with Genoa and Venezia. Yes, yes. I will say, uh, I, I will say <laughs> Genova, I think Genova is done to me. And I will say that Sampdoria is not really totally uh, saved because Sampdoria <laughs> is not really uh, inspiring me a lot of confidence. Those two kind of cancel each other out because we have the Derby de la Lanterna this weekend. Oh, yeah, so it's Sampdoria versus Genoa. Uh, so I think that if, if yeah, but you're still, saying Marco, Genoa We're talking done. about four games over here, Marco. And the, the, the people, uh, we're talking about three or four points uh, uh, difference. So if they slip up a couple times, those two teams. They're definitely risking. I mean, this Derby would be, if Genoa win, if Genoa would beat Sampdoria, that's correct. we have one of the craziest it's relegation gonna be, It's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. It's I think be... the only team that's down is Venezia. Yeah. I'm not that's counting done. out they're done. Genoa they're done. Well, they still have one game at him as well. So, I mean, they're 22. So, yeah. yeah, but they're going to play Salernitana, right? No, but I'm saying from Genoa. Their friends were chanting Serie B while they were playing the yeah. last game. Listen, uh, they did a lot better than, I didn't expect Venezia to even be, I didn't expect Venezia or Salernitana to still be a question four matches yeah. left into the season so that is a credit to them mm -hmm. and I'll say I don't believe in the miracle unfortunately as much as I want to say it I think that Cagliari remains I think Sampdoria remains I think the bottom three as it currently sits will go down you didn't give your answer uh, <laughs> I'll give you my miracle you, you just gave you just no gave my it. miracle is Sampdoria. I'll give a four, I'll give 40% of chances to Salernitana to stay in Serie A which is not a lot it's not a little it's What's a lot 40% is a lot you know what I have to say? With Salernitana, it's kind of like a playoff run. If you're hot, everything catches fire. So I can seriously see them stay up. I say they stay up, Cagliari wow. goes down. Uh, checking in in Serie B, <laughs> I know Lecce and Cremonese, they can clinch uh, Serie A, both of these teams this weekend, if I'm, if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken. This is what I've heard. Uh, they're around 36 at this point. Lecce uh, returning would be pretty big. They have a great fan base. Uh, the one thing that we're very interested in is obviously Ascoli because they're in a very good position right now. They're in seventh place. They have a crucial match against Cremonese to try to spoil the party and to try to get them in the playoffs. Reminder that yeah. Serie B is, a number one, a very difficult mm -hmm. league. Mm. But number two, anything could happen because if you get into this playoff run, it's a team from, from third place to eighth place that fight it out in this incredible battle to get to Serie A 
And oftentimes we see teams that are, you know, it's not always the third place team that goes through. Sometimes it's one of the lower ones that are able to make this run. We're going to have a lot of exclusive content coming with Ascoli. We might have Matt Rizzetta, the owner, come by for one of the matches. Cause come by where? Over here? I'll be nice. Matt. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if the team could get promoted and we have him here to be talking about it? Like, prior? I mean, some hype oh. for that is uh, Marco was saying that even the lower league team, Venezia. Last season they got promoted to Serie A and they were one of the lower teams in the playoffs that, uh, that did it. And also, Ascoli need a win to clinch playoffs to Serie A B. They're going against the second. So place Cremonese, Cremonese is very tough. They also need a win and they clinch uh, Serie A. So it's gonna be a big. Uh, it's a good game. A very big game. Saturday, eight a.m. Eastern time. Cremonese against Ascoli. Okay, maybe but we can watch it with Marizetta. Matt, are you going to have a, the, the yeah, show? He's not going by this one. Huh? I'll, tell, I'll tell you the no, date. He's not, maybe maybe he's going to invite us over there. At, uh, There's still plenty he, of Actually, games. he invited us, but he didn't invite you. Oh, crap, Matt. <laughs> Matt, I have to take back all the nice things that I said about you. He's messing, I cannot he's be messing possible. with you. He's messing he's with, messing with me. Yeah. So, Matt, first of all, if you come over here, we'll have a spectacular time. And then before, in the, you know, uh, during the first <laughs> and the second half, we'll do a little billardino with Nicola because he's, you know, uh, you and Nicola can win. Did he beat you? Nicola, I'll allow him to win once oh, in a what while. What a good guy. But, you know, why we spo we're talking about uh, Ascoli, obviously, because uh, Matt and Nicola, they're uh, our friends, number one. And then we want uh, them to do not just well, extremely well, because we want the fight. We want them to fight against Juventus, uh, uh, Inter, uh, not AC Milan. AC Milan, we'll, we'll <laughs> cut them the slack. But Juventus and Inter, they, we want them to challenge. Yeah. For those that don't know, uh, Mariteta and the North Six Group, I should say specifically, mm. own a minority share in Ascoli, and mm. we work hand in hand with them. So it would be pretty crazy. They just joined as owners this year, and for them, if they could, if they could manage to go to cross Serie fingers, a, cross your fingers, it would it would be something special. But again, they are having a fantastic season either way. Just to get into the playoffs, to be able to live that experience with what them, what percentage you give to them be out able to, to make get, it to Serie a. To, to be able to get this content, this exclusive sort of content, and who knows what's gonna happen. If they can go a little bit far, Let them, maybe maybe yeah. we'll send Antonio. Hey, would you go to Ascoli? Oh my God. If we send you there to create some content, would you In like? a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. We'll staple a GoPro to his forehead. Yeah, we'll we just don't go have to around. staple it. They have, they have In devices. In a heartbeat. Yeah, I know, but I, I wanna staple gotcha. it to Antonio. In a heartbeat. First of all, first of all, what kind of percentage you give to Ascoli to come in? Let's to get win. them to win. Yeah. I want Let them, them to get win against Cremonese, and then I give them, I give, uh, 35%. Mm. The thing is, Ando, it depends how high they finish on the table because that's going to be favorable. The higher up you go, the you know you play the lower seeded teams. So there's yeah. still plenty of games. I got to I got to play a little bit we'll of the, the mind. I got I'm learning from Antonio. Now that I have a vested interest that that I wanted to go through, I got to play the mind games of not you know hyping them up too much. Uh, uh, let's we conclude the podcast. Are you good? No, Mike. What what are yeah. you what are you saying? 30%, uh, 40%. I'm going to say 40%. 40%. 40%. Oh boy. Pete, say what do you say, Pete? I'm confident. Oh, I think in the playoffs, the ball is round. Anything can happen. Oh, so what happened? Is the ball so. is square right now? <laughs> the, ball of the ball is round. What happened now? The ball is square? What the hell? It's a little bit off-centered. Oh, okay. Um, I would say I would go with a, a 30% chance mm. just to keep What it do you say? You right keep there. asking us the question. I will say I, I'm going to put the lowest expectation because... Uh, it's better to be to be angry for the game and just said, oh, look, Antonio's giving us 25%. So I would say they're going to be eight teams fighting, right? So I would say 25% because six I teams, want... Right? Six, well, six teams, right? Yeah, because I want, I want them to disprove me, not because I want them to win 100%, but, uh, you know... We got it, we got it. We, we got that? We understood you the play logic. my mind we, game right we now? Understand the we, logic. Understood. Okay. we understood. We yeah. understood. Anything else, guys? Anything else? Uh, 
guys, I, I guess I have to apologize because yesterday I was screaming over to uh, over the Radu Radu uh, uh, beauty, and uh, the fact that uh, I. Did you I, see his video? Oh yeah. I saw it. I, I, I still am mad at my, my voice. I don't understand why every time. You don't understand I, why. Do you want me to show you the video why? No. <laughs> no, no, no. But you, Aunt, Aunt he, said, he said, thank the Lord. He answered my <laughs> prayers. Thank the Lord. Jeez, what prayers did <laughs> But yeah. Anto, after that game, uh, Sanson and the goal scorer for the second after that, Radu's um, goal. Howler. He's, uh, howler, yeah. He said, I hope, Ma Sansona said, I hope Maldini or someone from Milan calls me. At least for a loan, so I can play in the Champions League. Would you take him now? Listen, listen. First of all, <laughs> Inter, Inter is still going to win the Campionato. Uh, let's not go back out. of the mind game. Let's so. not go over overboard, okay? So, for now, we're going to leave another day to to see what's going on. So, okay. uh, this right. Pete, be good. I want you to be happy, okay, Pete? That's all. What a good guy. Very good, yeah. guys. As always, thank you for watching uh, the podcast. Make sure you like. Make sure you subscribe. As always, we'll talk to you soon. Ciao, Ciao. guys.